Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Well, Jack, good to see you. Uh, thanks for joining us on The Score. Um, last season, I suppose you could say it was quite peculiar um, in, in a way of sense of kind of uh, so much change in the season which saw three different managers for a start. And for the first time in years, the club didn't compete at the latter stages for the major honours. Uh, you know, how difficult was that, first of all, for you as, as a fan of the club, which you are, and the chairman of the club? How difficult was it, 2019? Yeah, I suppose, Trevor, it's a, it's a difficult thing to go through. And, uh, you know, it was my first season as chairman, second year on the board, and we had a lot of new faces on the board as well. And, yeah. um, you know, look, uh, the way the club was set up last year, you know, we absolutely had to get success on the pitch um, to keep things ticking along nicely and, you know, keep the cash coming in and the crowds coming through the gate. Um, it was just the way the club was set up at the time, you know, we absolutely had to deliver on the pitch. Unfortunately, you know, it, it, this is football. Um, there's peaks and troughs um, with, with all teams across the globe, you know, teams have high points as we've had for the last five years, but last year was one of the, the lowest in the club's history. I'll be the first fellow to admit that as a fan um, from my time, even support the club for all those years I haven't remembered a, a you know a, a season like it where the the morale of the the squad the players the you know the staff all over the club the volunteers the fans everyone was just kind of you know um, fed up with how things were going on the pitch and um, the whole aura around the club and um, look uh, we, we, we managed things as best we can uh, got through the year anyway thankfully um, even towards the end there there was hints of relegation playoffs and things like that and thankfully we avoided all of that which would have been you know catastrophic for a club like us and, and our size so look, I think now um, for uh, for going into twenty twenty, you now we're in a, in a in a great place to to really start rebuilding you now and and try and get back up to the the side of the table where we where we mm. belong anyway. Yeah, we'll, we'll come to that shortly, Dick. But just uh, you know, in in terms of what twenty nineteen taught you, not just you but the whole board. Yeah, um, you know, you've, obviously it's a big learning curve, isn't it? Oh, definitely, Trevor. Yeah, look, uh, I think the biggest learning we would have is expect the unexpected. Uh, mm. You know, we've as you said there, we had a number of managerial changes, um, which is huge for any club to make one or even two of those in in a season. And um, they just, uh, you know, these things just don't work out for one reason or another. Um, you know, John Caulfield and John Cotter did, uh, did fantastic work with the club for the last number of years. Um, but look, these things just don't work out and sometimes things need freshening up and players need to hear a new voice or we need to bring in a new different type of player to the club. And that's kind of what we're doing now and uh, trying to rebrand and rebuild. Um, but yeah, as I said, expect the unexpected. You know, we had a number of... Um, you know, things that we, we didn't think would happen last year. As I said, the managers was the big thing. Even, you know, the unfortunate fire incident in Douglas where we were actually in the middle of a, a store move at that stage in Douglas mm. to a bigger unit. We'd negotiated a new store with the Douglas Village Shopping Centre who have been fantastic to us over the last number of years as well. Um, and we were in the process of moving over, new unit, new shop front, getting all that kitted out. The next thing you know, it catches up in flames through an unfortunate accident and then we had to move to Mahon Point and get all ready for Christmas and that delayed a lot of things as well in terms of our stock and trying to sell that as well. And uh, yeah, it was just, you know, expect the unexpected is the biggest thing and I think that will stand to us now going into 2020 as well. Yeah, just where the club lie at the moment financially because you know yourself, Dick, being a footballer like yourself, myself yeah. out and about, what you get from Cork uh, soccer fans is, uh, you know, Trevor, uh, Corks are in trouble, are they? They have no money, you know. That's the thing that yeah, you've yeah. heard 
dozens of times, no doubt. But just you might just put us um, in the picture of where, where where you stand financially going into twenty twenty. Yeah, look, Trevor, I think uh, no, there's no secret we're a fan owned club. Um, you know, we have over six hundred members who pay you know a ten or a month or a five or a month uh, towards the club to keep things going. We're not in Europe next season. Um, this is our first season out of Europe. Yeah, that's hugely significant, in, in the it is. Yeah, yeah. Even Europa League just qualifying gets you around quarter of a million, mm. and the year prior then we were in Champions League. You know, around. 800,000 plus in prize money so look that's all gone now and we just uh, we just have to kind of live with what we have um, we won't live beyond our means next year uh, for sure um, we've given Neil Fenn a very competitive budget we feel um, you know even looking at last year's budget where we took no reduction from 2018 you know we don't feel we got enough return on that of where we ended up in the league to be brutally honest about it um, so I don't feel you know just ploughing money into squads and players will get you the results you need on the pitch I think it, it's the, to- the whole package I think you need a a group of players that are hungry, young, um, want to fight for the jersey, and then a management team that have a firm plan in place and and, and stick with that then and put in the right uh, processes and procedures in there to deliver on the pitch. Um, and mm. I think Neil and you no know, Joe Gamble, who's joined uh, the backroom team as well, will will yeah. definitely uh, deliver on that. Yeah, we'll come to Joe and, and Neil uh, later, but just just one um, there, deck on you know we always took pride on in the fact that Cork City were the biggest supported team in the yeah. country. The crowds were down last year, which is obviously disappointing. And you'll be you'll be hoping like, the crowds will come out and support this young team for next season. Obviously, definitely. Yeah, look, the the averages for our attendances were way down on prior years as well. Um, we had seen a dip actually from the kind of halfway point in twenty eighteen all the way down, and that carried into twenty nineteen in terms of our averages and our numbers. But look, looking at season ticket sales now uh, for next year, it's very promising. Um, we're almost at the similar numbers to what we sold for twenty nineteen. So definitely, the support is there, Trev, and I know my myself anyway from from sitting in the stands and watching games the crowd will get behind uh, a young group of you know hungry cork based players um and a trickle of outsiders as well as we call them yeah. but uh, you know as as we know down in cork with players like Johnny Dunleavy Stephen Beatty Dan Murray you know these guys that come in from outside of Cork as well. We we treat them like like they're our own. So we've got in the likes of you know Connor Davis who signed there yesterday mm-hmm. and uh, Dylan McGlade as well. Another one, an exciting player who I think the younger fans especially will uh, will take to. So yeah, look, I'm I'm very confident and um, you know I think uh, Neil and Jaws uh, as as we touched on there as well. They've they've got a plan in place. They know the type of player that they want um, and and we'll see where that takes us. Yeah, so a chance for a lot of uh, young Cork. Uh players to shine for next season that they're going to be Definitely, given the platform yeah. to shine and uh, you know you mentioned Joe Gamble what do you think he'll bring to the table we, we know he's a great player and he's David Cork City and the strength and conditioner he was with Waterford and so on yeah. so what, what do you think he'll bring the table. Yeah, look when I when I spoke to Neil um, last season, and he, he mentioned about bringing Joe, and I was very excited about it. Look, to, I remember Joe when he was a player back in two thousand and four, two thousand five. He's just a, a born winner, I think, um, and he'll bring that winning mentality, I think. And uh, yeah, he's got a huge experience in the strength and conditioning side of things as well. So while we'll have a young young team, um, they'll definitely uh, be put through their paces now in pre-season so I'm told um, and Joe will have them uh, fit and ready and strong I think for, for the battles ahead that they will face in 2020 you know they'll come up against a lot more senior teams and you know more experienced heads but they'll have to use uh, use their noose and uh, whatever um, guidance Neil and Joe will give them to to, to get out the, the victories and I'm sure they will um, but yeah very excited to have Joe back at the club he's a uh, you know, as I said, he's had great success here as a player and um, success coaching roles as well in other clubs and, yeah, delighted to have him. Popular figure indeed. Yeah. Uh, just of the experienced players uh, deck that left the club, the likes of uh, Shane Griffin, Gary Buckley, Ty Grine, Conor McCormick could have been usually popular as well. Like, what have, what's the reaction been like, uh, you know, with members of, of Forrest, um, uh, you know, in, in terms of... Um, 
uh, them leaving the club yeah look again just those players as well Gary Buckley Shane Griffin they're double winners Conor McCormick as well you know they've lifted mm. trophies for the club um, but as I, as I mentioned earlier as well it, there just does come a time where players move on um, you know I think uh, Gary now has gone to Sligo Shane Griffin gone to St Pat's McCormick's gone back to Derry um, and I think you know what the, I, I think the change will do them good will they is this the last time they'll ever play in a Cork City jersey who knows you know as I said this is football um, mm. I'd like to see those players back again in the City jersey sometime down the line I like to think especially even Gary Buckley and Trent Griffin they're kind of more uh, season or two season long loans but look yeah. we'll see uh, we'll see what those guys think about um, about maybe coming back in the future or what Neil thinks um, but yeah look they're uh, they're Cork guys um Shane and, uh, and and Gary and we've great respect for them and wish them well um, as they as they kind of branch out and and tr- play their trade at other clubs. Look, this is uh, this is football. Mm. We can't mm. keep everyone. Um, players like to move on and, and change yeah. things up. Yeah, and it's hard to keep the fans happy because you'd hear something. What's going on here? Conor McCormick has gone now. You know that's the kind yeah, of thing yeah, that's yeah. going around. Was it was it solely down to money? That like if they got if they got better deals, would have stayed or. Did yeah, then a half one to move on. Or? Look, there's again, we're not going to make any secret about it. Look, we're not in Europe anymore. Um, it, it, the contracts we would be offering players won't wouldn't be as high as what we'd be offering over the last couple of years. Um, and you know, McCormick, especially, you know, he was he's not from Cork. He's down here, like you know, renting an apartment or whatever. And you know, these things they have to look after themselves. And if they're able to get a better contract at a at a different club, we're not going to you know hold them back or or or, or any of that. Um, you know, it's a, it's up to Neil as well to to speak to the players and sit down with them and and figure out is it the best for them to to move on. And we feel he's you know we'll trust Neil with those decisions. Um, and yeah, look as I said, uh, sad to see those guys go. I've, we've had some great times. Um, you know, celebrating with uh, plenty of trophies as we said. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, hope to see him back someday. You, you you look at Ty Grain as well, Dick. He was he had a great finish to the season. Then when he got his chance, from Neil Fan and Fairness put him in. He got his chance and he took yeah. it well. And now he's gone to Waterford like monster rivals. So you know. You'll be you, you looking to keepers are hard to come by, like strikers, I suppose. Had to get a really good keeper as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, again, uh, I suppose when you look at it, we've kept on to Mark McNulty, huge experience as well. Um, and he'll be in a, a goalkeeping coach role as well now for 2020. Um, we signed Leon Bassan from, uh, you know, uh, the, the Nottingham Forest, former Anderlecht as well. Um, great keeper, former Ireland under 21. So I'm sure, uh, you know, as I said, Neil, uh, Neil and Joe will make those decisions. They may be difficult decisions and some some supporters might find uh, these decisions difficult to understand. But look, there's always something in the background of why things happen and why players move on. Um, it's not as black and white, I suppose, as this player mm. had a great season last year. Why doesn't he stay? You know, there's always yeah. conversations in the background that take place and, uh, you know, contract negotiations and things like that. That's another thing I learned a lot about last year myself. Um, and look, yeah, again, Tyga... You know, he arrived last year. I think John signed him in the in the winter last year, and he didn't really get a look in until Neil came in. And in fairness, Neil did give him a chance. And uh, yeah, now he's gone to Waterford, and we'll see how see how he gets on there. Yeah, but we wish him the best as well. No problem. The um, just uh, I suppose it's a tough start, isn't it? Deck next year, Shelburne home first, isn't it? Then away to Dundalk, away to Rovers. Yeah, it's a tough start, and obviously it's important to make a good start, get the fans right behind the team. And yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think a, a home game now to start us off, and I think the, there will be definitely a lot of interest in that in mm. that game um, from the people of Cork and the wider League of Ireland. You know, the media. Um, There's always a bit of needle in that fixture, wasn't it? Sitting there? Shelburne. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and Neil found himself and Joe would have played in a lot yeah. of those games, and while ourselves in Shelburne may not have. Been in the, the forces we were back in 2005 when we were first and second and third um, mm. you know there's definitely still going to be that bit of needle and I think the fans will welcome Shelburne back uh, you know always great to have teams in the in the league that you have a strong rivalry with and yeah look I've uh, been speaking to a lot of members and fans and everyone's very excited about that game 
and again, look, it'll be a fresh, uh, a fresh look to the team as well. And people will always come out and you know wonder what are they going to be like? What type of football are we going to play? Are we going to have a guy that score, knocks in a couple of goals? Will there be a playmaker or a holding midfielder? Mm. You know, who will be playing at centre half? Who will be on goal? Will it be McNulty or the new guy? You know, yeah. who knows? I think there's a lot of intrigue and interest for the first game of the season. So yeah. it's exciting as a, for myself as a fan anyway, first and foremost, to, to see what way the team lines out. So yeah. looking forward to that, all right, yeah. You just reminded me of it there, actually, um, when you mentioned defender who'll be sent to half. Conor McCarthy is, uh, you know, there's a lot of interest in him, is there, from Cross Channel? Yeah, there is. Trev, again, um, you know, he's uh, he was our player there last year and actually mm. our top scorer as well, which kind of, you know, tells you a lot about last year mm. in itself, but it tells you a lot about him as a player as well. Um, that, that guy's story, to be honest, is just fantastic. He um, you know, started off at Blarney United, joined us when he was 15, 16, um, Played with the under seventeens, nineteens. Um, we got him a scholarship to UCC, who are our main partners, of course. Um, and now here he is, twenty-one club captain, and a lot of interest in him across the water. Um, unfortunately, he's out of contract, but he is under twenty-three, so we, you know, have retained him for next year. Um, in that sense, so we do hold his registration. But look, I'm not going to pretend that we, there's no interest from him across the water. He's a fantastic player, a fantastic mm. young fella. He's, you know, in great physical shape. He's. Know, perfect for a club in the UK really I think to, to snap up now and look um, we hope to make an announcement on that one way or another this week hopefully um, to kind of put closure on that on that subject I don't have any news on it just for now but yeah Connor, I think he's a, a role model for a lot of young fellas at the moment now mm. who are playing football in Cork to, to look at that pathway and look at this guy and think yeah stay in Cork you know get your education um, join Cork City FC we can actually recruit players now up to when they're 12 years old 13 years old so we can get them in earlier as well give them elite level coaching um, play against national league sides like Shamrock Rovers and Bows um, and you know it, it, that's it I think it, it, it's just very exciting to think of you know the next Conor McCarthy who will come down the line and I think you should really just you know if anyone's listening uh, you know I don't think many people listen to my ideologies on football but I know uh, a good player when I see one and he's definitely one and he's one of our mm. own and yeah, if he does go across the water, we w- we'd wish him all the best as well and, and be looking on to, to keep an eye on him. Just a quick one, Dick, and you mentioned there briefly, we'll go UCC, your partnership with UCC, obviously you'd be hoping that would be extended as well. Yeah, we've extended that as well for a number of years, yeah, UCC and, and the Merdike Arena, uh, the first team train at the Merdike as well, one of the you know, best facilities in, in the country, if not Europe, you know, they've got the best rehabilitation equipment as well um, I know Neil and Joe are very impressed with it as well since they've since they've come in um, and yeah we've got a number of players um, across our uh, men's and women's teams now who can take advantage of scholarships um, a number of the, even Connor himself now who's finishing up his degree there in June so mm. look it's uh, it, it's fantastic it's a great relationship to have um, we do a lot of work with UCC as well uh, you know outside of the obvious uh, bits and pieces and um, looking to strengthen that now definitely over the over the next couple of years and yeah we have signed a, a new uh, renewed agreement with them for the next three seasons so very exciting yeah good stuff and um, I suppose in general in Irish soccer as we know Dick uh, it's a very uncertain time for soccer with all that's gone on with uh, the FEI uh, what have you made of the whole situation and, and how do you see it panning out and uh, what it means for League of Ireland football do you think yeah it's, um, the whole thing's unfortunate really Trev is it like mm-hmm. uh you know, I suppose as League of Ireland fans, we've always sensed that there was something up for, mm. you know, a very long time. That's probably the most politically correct way I can put it. Yeah. Um, you know, you'd only have to go to any League of Ireland ground and you'd hear the chants about the FAI and certain figures and things like that. And mm. look, uh, I hate to say I told you so, I suppose, from a League of Ireland fans perspective, but this has maybe come to a shock to a lot of folks outside the League of Ireland, what's going on with the FAI. 
Um, but look, I think it's an opportunity for them now to to rebuild um, and, and, and completely change the culture of the organisation. Um, I know the government are getting involved now and they've held meetings. Uh, you know, the Shane Ross did meet with representatives from League of Ireland clubs this week as well, which is promising. You know, we uh, <laughs> haven't met him or the Minister of Sport in recent times, so it's great that there's that visibility on League of Ireland clubs now as well and, and our survival and, you know, thriving as well, the more important thing, and what the next steps are for the league and the Are meeting them soon? Um, Shane Ross and oh, yeah we met yeah. them last week we actually. Last week, yeah, right, so. yeah. and um, yeah it was a good open frank meeting um, and I believe the government now are due to meet UEFA in the coming weeks as yeah. well to 14th that'd, that'd be crucial won't it it will it will and I think look I, the government it's their prerogative to try and I suppose uh, get football out of the, the issues that it's in and save as much money as possible so whether they you know rely on UEFA for that and then assess what, what, what will happen I know UEFA are hoping to hold you know Euros games in Dublin next year and you know they can't do that without a national association and I know there's talks as well of associations being liquidated and this, mm. I don't think that would ever happen I think there would have to be some kind of a solution like you can when you look at like you know you know yourself like you drive to work on a Saturday morning or you know take a spin around Cork and you see fields full of young fellas playing soccer and they're being coached mm. by you know fathers and uncles and aunts and sisters probably all the biggest the participant of sport isn't it? of course it is yeah, yeah and to say that you know all that would stop or you know the development of young players you know you see likes of Adam Ida there Cork fella mm. scoring a hat-trick there for Norwich yesterday like you know this these these guys will you know drag Ireland back to the top and, and qualify for major tournaments I've no doubt about it like you've the you know Cuevin Kelleher their goalkeeper for mm. Liverpool and Adam Ida and you know Troy Parrott and these guys look these if you put those guys in the right uh, in the right system, they'll they'll get Ireland back to you know successful times on the pitch, and that will help you know drive the the off the pitch issues that they have. Um, but they just have to be given a chance, I suppose, like we're doing here in Cork with our young players. Um, but yeah, look, uh, hopefully the FEI, the government, and UEFA can uh, can come up with some kind of a resolution to get them out of the issues they have put some kind of financial yeah. plan in place over the next it, it will take a decade or two um, all of this debt free by 2020 stuff now I think is mm. all pie mm. in the sky stuff that's completely dead yeah. you know, I think there's there's bigger issues to, to, to solve now for them and, and hopefully they get to some kind of resolution over the next month or so yeah, we watched that with interest on the yeah. 14th of uh, January when UEFA meet the, the Irish government. Um, we, we were talking off air yesterday, Dick, because uh, obviously we were talking about you coming in and um, um, a former Irish international, well-known as we know, uh, did a bit of research on you know other sports getting grants, like the greyhound industry, yeah. led to believe they get something like 18 million, the horse racing industry, probably one of the biggest industries in the country, get something like 18 million. But apparently they get a percentage of bets, whether you're online betting or in the actual physically in the betting yeah, shop yeah. doing a bet. But apparently soccer, like 40% of the bets um, are, are done on, on soccer, coupons and so on, and they don't get anything. Yeah. So, look, more than surprise. Yeah, I suppose, look, in hindsight now, I suppose, looking at the issues the FEI have, you're probably thankful that, you know, they didn't get more money than what they were given by the government because God knows what could have possibly happened or what decisions would have been made. So look... Um, but I think definitely for football to thrive and underage football to continue developing and, you know, the League of Ireland as well to finally kind of get out of that, you know, niche market that it's that it's currently in. You know, you say their football is the most participated sport in the country, but when you look at League of Ireland then in isolation, it's the niche, you know, supported, mm. you know, when you compare it to rugby and, you know, the GA and hurling and football. So, you know, it's... Um, we need to just kind of get it out of that, I think, finally. And as I said earlier, it's a real chance you now for, for the association to reform. Um, I think it's important that the government keep a close eye on, on football in this country. As you said, it's the most participated sport. Mm. Um, it should get the relevant funding 
the relevant you know visibility and and eyes on it from you know the senior leaders in 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 government and and they should keep a close eye they should be stakeholders in the FAI they should be making sure that everything is done properly transparently as well um and and make sure that it's been run properly um and yeah whether that means giving more funding. I think that's definitely one avenue. I know Niall Quinn and uh, Karen Lucid have great ideas on how to fund football and fund mm. the League of Ireland. Those are definitely some great ideas. Um, Karen Lucid has plans for an, an all-island league as well um, and hopefully source government funding north and south of the border, which is you know a possibility as well, given you know Brexit and north-south relations and trying to promote that. So, yeah, there's, as I said, definitely chance now to, to reform strike while the iron's hot. You know, I think... The FEI is at its lowest point now and it can only go up. Um, I think you can always look at the positives and get out of the rod as quickly as possible and, and start rebuilding now. And hopefully, they have, as I said, a plan is put in place by the FEI government, UEFA, League of Ireland clubs, which we've already started conversations with Shane Ross on as well. So mm. fingers crossed now, as you said, we, you know, in yeah. six months, a year's time, we're looking back on these as, you know, a, a, a positive thing that yeah. happened because we were able to make such just such change from it. I was hoping and uh, second last question Dec, and there were a lot of promises made and the Glanmire project was one we were all excited about and Cork City in particular because they were going to be chief tenant of, yep. of Glanmire which is so much needed not only in Cork but in the Munster area and I know you would have been very excited as chairman of Cork City with the Glanmire project and yep. that looks like a goner now doesn't it? Um, yeah I won't say it's a goner Trev look the application has still gone in um, it went through via the FEI to, to the National Infrastructure Fund um, so look fingers crossed um, I Look, with all this, the issues going on with the FEI and all that, I, as you know, like I can't see the government turning around and granting the full amount of for, of that grant application mm. for, for Glanmire or Dalymount Park or any yeah. of the other projects they had for that matter. But look, we remain optimistic about that. And in the in the meantime as well, we've um, done a lot of work on Bishopstown ourselves on the pitch. Um, we've re- refurbished, actually installed a new players area, which uh, which is great for the players, a kind of a relaxation zone for them out in Bishopstown. Um, and we're doing other work out there now as well to make that that place as, as comfortable as possible for our players and and make improvements. We're looking at the gym now as well out there and trying to you know upgrade that and upgrade the equipment that we have. Um, so look, while Glanmire might be further down the line, we're definitely always looking at our, our own facilities and mm. and where we can make short to medium term improvements. Anyway, that's definitely the long term one. Um, Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. And we'll, we'll assess that as we go, yeah. yeah we'll live at Bishopstown for a few years? Or you yeah, know? look, we have a, a lease agreement with McCarthy Developments and uh, we renew that as well uh, in light, obviously, of Glanmire not being, uh, mm. you know, started anytime soon. There hasn't even been a shovel there anyway. So look, that's that's still yeah. a couple of years off, as we know. But yeah, we're in Bishopstown anyway for the foreseeable and uh, yeah, it's a, it's going well. 
Yeah. Okay, great stuff, Deck. Finally, then, what are you most looking forward to in twenty twenty? I think that 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 game against uh, against Shelburne, Trev. To be honest, um, seeing what what team lines out, uh, how we play. I think uh, you know Neil had a, a goal at the end of last season to kind of avoid relegation and just you know solidify things and keep us in the Premier. Um, and now it's it's his team, um, and we'll see what he does with it, and and see what he does with these uh, these group of young Cork uh, hungry players, um, and those guys that he brought in as well, the likes of McGlade, Davis, um, Liam Bassan and Goal. So very excited, and uh, you know, yeah, we're we're committed at Cork to the FC to getting this club back up to the, the the top of the table where it belongs. Um, we'll see where we are in October, but by all means, we we need the support of the the wider Cork public to get behind us. Come out on Valentine's night. It's a, a great opportunity for a first date if you're on Tinder or one of those apps there to <laughs> bring someone to a Cork City match. Um, so yeah, look, uh, yeah, very excited about the season ahead. Um, I've no doubt about it. We will get back up to the to where we belong. Um, it will take time. It will take patience from our supporters. I hope they have that for us, in, and and I hope that they continue to to drive us on and, and support us uh, for 2020. Good stuff, Dick. Thanks for popping in to, to chat to us here on The Score on Cork's 96FM. We hope that love will be in the air uh, for the opening game against Shelburne at uh, Turner's Cross. And we appeal to the Cork City fans, get up and support this young team. And uh, 14th of Feb then it is and when Shelburne come to town. So uh, we hope there'll be a massive crowd for the opening fixture of the season and onwards and upwards. Uh, Dick, thanks again for joining thanks, us. Thanks, Trev. Always Thank a you. pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you.